The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up, Huddle Up. with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shatter, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome to the new era. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. It is Wednesday afternoon. It's time for Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Ozer along as well. We've got a busy show ahead. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joins us every Wednesday. Jaguars.com senior writer will get his thoughts on what has gone on on Wednesday as the Jags try to turn the page and look ahead to week five against the Tennessee Titans. We'll hear from Urban Meyer in his Wednesday press conference. Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen both spoke with the media today. We'll get some highlights from those guys also. Social media questions, a few of them to get to in today's show. Uh, Bucky, good afternoon. It's been an eventful few days since we've last spoken, and uh, now it's <laughs> it's on to Tennessee. Yeah, it's on to Tennessee. Look, it's been a very eventful uh, few days, a lot of things going on around Jacksonville. But I think right now when you get to Wednesday, uh, it's the heavy work day when it comes to the team. I think what you're trying to do is get all eyes ready for Sunday, getting ready for the Tennessee Titans, and you put everything that's in the rear view, you leave it in the rear view and you move forward. Yeah, it's all about moving ahead, John, getting uh, getting on to Tennessee and trying to put this thing behind them. It, it hasn't been as easy the last couple of days to do that, but now it's uh, it's focus time. Well, it is, and I'm sure we'll get into some of the details later, but you know, I have a statement and then a question for the scout. I, you know, or, or not actually for the scout, this is for the former player. From a media standpoint, in 27 years doing this, I've never gotten a huge impression that off-field distractions are as big a deal as we like to talk about. That players typically come in, they do their job, they're going to practice, and there's not a whole lot on the practice field or in the meeting room except for concentrating on the game. Am I naive, Buck? No, I think that is it. Um, I think this story is I'm going to try and say it in, in, in terms that won't necessarily get me in trouble, but I think the story is a little overblown for what it really is. Um, I think people can have different opinions on where the coach is um, in line when it comes to the, his morals and all that other stuff. That's one thing. But when it comes to coaching the team, I think depending on how he addressed the team when he returned, I think this is something that they can move on for and maybe even be galvanized um, by the actions because – Look, the the fallout and all of the other stuff that has come out, um, I don't know if if the punishment necessarily meets the crime when it comes to the level of criticism and all of this other stuff. And so I think depending upon how vulnerable coach is with the team, I think this could be a moment where, look, man, they kind of pull it together and maybe just maybe with the concentrated effort on the practice field and then the way they play the game, maybe you end up seeing the Jaguars playing really, really well, because prior to the stuff that happened over the weekend. On Thursday night, the team played fairly well. Couldn't finish the deal, but it was probably the best effort that we've seen from the Jaguars. And so if you look at the way the team has progressed over the four weeks, each and every week they've gotten better. So the anticipation would be, hey, they will continue to get better with a mini bye week in between. Let's uh, hear from Urban Meyer today. Hopefully one of the final comments on the situation the last three days in this Wednesday press conference today. I had uh, at least three or four conversations with uh, Shad. You know, messages loud and clear, and I agree with. Um, also met with the uh, team on Monday individually, and then today uh, had a very 
pointed conversation with them, uh, owning a stupid mistake that I made, uh, and that uh, a job of a coach is to, number one, health and safety of a player. Number two is motivate them and bring out the greatness in them. And number three is uh, give them everything possible to be successful and get up a great locker room. And then get the heck out of the way. And I apologize for a distraction with a huge week coming up, uh, especially after they played, made so much improvement from week one to week four. So that was the conversation. That's uh, Urban Meyer earlier today. The full press conference available on Jaguars.com. A little later in the day, Josh Allen said uh, basically what, what you had been saying, uh, Bucky, that when the when they walk in the building, it's all football. Once they cross that, uh, you, it used to be the concentration line, right, back in the old days <laughs> to go to the practice field. Uh, once you go through that gate and punch in your code, uh, for Josh Allen at least, it felt like, hey, this is this is all football all the time now, which is good. Yeah, no, it's all football all the time. And look, there's a lot that's going to be made about Coach having to earn back the trust of the team and the respect of the team and those things. And look, there, there's going to be like a divide where there's going to be uh, a bunch of guys that are going to follow Coach Meyer because they believe in him, they love what he's about, they love what he represents, and they still look at him um, with loving eyes based on what he's been able to accomplish as a college coach. There's another faction of the team that's still trying to figure out who he is and what he's about, and is this program that he's implemented in Jacksonville going to work? And then there's a small minority, a small faction of folks that kind of look at him like, hey, man, does the college coach really know what he's doing? I don't know about all this other stuff, but I want to kind of do it because I want to be around. Those are the ones that might be maybe the squeaky wheels that need a little grease when it comes to Coach Meyer getting them on board. But at the end of the day, for most players, if the guy in the front of the room can sell a present a plan sell a plan that is a winning plan and then find a way to get everyone on board and then it results in wins, all of this other stuff will go by the wayside. And let's just be honest. If the team was not 0-4, this would not be that big of a deal. If he was 4-0, if the team was 4-0 coming off a win on Thursday night, it would be presented in a different light. But because it's an 0-4 team hanging as part of a 19-game losing streak, that's really why he is it's escalated and mushroomed. So the best thing that I would tell anybody, players, coaches, uh, someone who has messed up, the best thing that you can do is play well. Because if they go out, play well on Sunday, all of it, for the most part, will be forgotten. And then the Jaguars will be able to move on to something new next week. Yeah, John, it makes this game Sunday. Um, uh, it's already big anyway, division game and all that. It just feels a lot bigger now. Yeah, JP, we've talked about this a lot. I believe that basically NFL head coaching is far more about whether the players buy into your message, whatever that message is. If they believe it and play for you, then that's what it is. It's not so much X's and O's, or whatever. So I do think Bucky's right. A win Sunday, and all of a sudden those players who all talk, and a lot of them are young, so they don't really know what the league's all about. But if you win Sunday, all of a sudden these players are – home or they're out on Sunday going, hey, see, hey, hey, we did it. If you don't win Sunday, then all of a sudden these players start listening to social media and think, well, maybe he doesn't know what he's doing. You know, mm -hmm. so, and that can still be pulled back by playing well and moving forward, but you've got those conversations. So in that sense, perception is reality. I don't necessarily notice if they win or lose on Sunday, it means that they rallied around him or not. But based on what happens on Sunday, there's going to be a conversation nationally and locally and players do listen to that conversation so in that sense i think it's really important yeah big ball game yeah 
Yeah, JP, let me follow up with this. Um, and here's the thing, see, because what Coach Meyer wants to do, right? Because there's 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 a way that he can approach this where it can it can be the Jaguars against the world, right? But the thing that you don't know is when you stand in front of the room with the players, you don't know how many of the players are going to leak out some of these conversations in the team room to the media. So he has to kind of be careful in how he approaches it because it can be a galvanizing moment, but it also can be one of those things where if the information gets outside of the building, then it's not necessarily what you want because this is one where I think typically, man, I would say a very competitive person, when you're backed into the corner, you might see the best coaching job that you've seen from Coach Meyer, right? Because this is one of those things where, look, everyone is taking shots at him the entire week. And there were already people that didn't necessarily like him or believe in the job that he was going to do in the National Football League. When now that you have all of this against you, the fighter in you is like, oh, no, I'm not going to succumb to the weight of all this. I am going to find a way to dig us out. And so, look, we've seen him, someone who is intensely competitive, try and figure it out. I think this is an all-hands-on-deck effort from Coach Meyer to try and get this right and try and get it right this weekend so they can put all that other stuff behind it. All right, plenty ahead on Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. We'll come back in a moment and get to this Sunday's game against the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry. How did the Jaguars slow him down? Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Cadillac of Jacksonville and Fields Cadillac St. Augustine, members of the Fields Auto Group. We're off and running on Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. I know for us as a defense, man, uh, you know, one of our main, you know, goals and priority as a, you know, for the season, the goal is to stop the run. And, you know, when you have a guy that's considered the best running back in the National Football League, who has the numbers, who has the talent, you know, who is a heck of a back. You know what I'm saying? Especially coming from an 0-4, and we're looking to get our first one. And, we, you know, trust me, believe this one's going to be the first one. Uh, it's going to be a challenge, but, you know, our job is to stop the run. And we've been doing a heck of a job. Our guys have been busting their tails, running to the ball as much as we can. And this is another opportunity for us to show them, you know, how good our defense is. And uh, we're ready for the challenge, man. We're looking forward to it. And there's Josh Allen, Jaguars outside linebacker. And welcome back. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick with you, John Osier along as well today. And, yes, they're going to, to have to continue to stop the run, Bucky, against the top running back in the National Football League. He leads the league in – Carries rushing yards. He's tied for the league lead in rushing touchdowns yet again. It's Derrick Henry. Uh, we've seen this firsthand over and over and over again throughout the years here. Uh, how do you begin to slow down this running game for the Titans? Uh, no more thing is you got to load the box. You got to make sure that you can whip the Titans with numbers. And so, in whipping them with numbers, you have to be okay hanging your corners out to dry a little bit against some talented wide receivers if A.J. Brown and Julio Jones play. Um, that said, uh, the number one priority has to be to stop Derrick Henry because when Derrick Henry gets going, it changes the tenor of this offense. This offense is a old-school smash-mouth offense. It's one that Jaguars fans can look and squint, and they see Eddie George in the backfield in the same way that they used to get down years and years and years on end. Um, and the reason why you need to whip them with numbers is because what the Titans like to do, much like those old Titans and Oilers teams used to do with Eddie George, they want to have the wide receivers come inside and crack on the safeties, 
and they want to leave the big boy one-on-one with the cornerback. So that means Shaq Griffin, Tyson Campbell could have a long day of having to deal with a 250-pound sledgehammer over 60 minutes. And so you got to drop somebody down in the box. You got to have Rayshon Jenkins and those guys find a way to get around it. You need everyone running to the ball, and you have to get him before he gets going. He is a long strider, and it takes a little bit for him to get the momentum going. So the best thing that you can do is blitz, stunt, slant, get defenders and bodies in the backfield so he can't get the momentum going. Because when he gets going and going downhill, it's like a Mack truck going downhill, and no one wants to be in the way. Well, John, I mean, there's not really much else to say. We've seen this so many times before over the years, and it's exactly how you described it, right? The bodies are flying. He's stiff-arming people. There's, yeah. I mean, it's what it is, John. I don't know. Maybe uh, I had an idea this morning. Maybe you cheat. Maybe you add guys, or maybe you build something, something large to put in the middle of the line of scrimmage, you know, uh, some sort of truck. Uh, and I'm being facetious, but he has beaten them so often. Uh you know, sometimes pregame storylines, guys, we've all been around them. And you write it and say, okay, the matchup. And, and then once the game gets started, like, well, that was kind of, you know, I was just reaching for something. With this matchup, this rivalry, this man, and he is a man, there's no other pregame storyline except this. In the first September and early October meetings against this guy, the Jaguars have actually fared well. It hasn't been until the end of the season matchups, December when it's cold, usually mm-hmm. up there. Last year it was here. And my theory in the last in the last few years, and I voiced this last year, maybe the year before, when the Jaguars feel like they're in it and they're playing for something, they play okay against this guy. It's been December when you sort of know deep down that you're out of the playoffs. It becomes less good. That's my word on that. Less good <laughs> to try to tackle Derrick Henry. So I think that's okay against him this week. My question is, once they build, you know, once they build that wall, can the corners cover if Julio and AJ Brown are playing? You know, that concerns me as much as Derrick Henry. But you got to build that brick wall. Yeah, look, the wall has to be uh, erected to, to slow down Derrick Henry. It's, it, it's the number one priority. I can sit here and say and being fearful of uh, Julio Jones and AJ Brown going big. But the one thing I do know for sure is that if Derrick Henry goes big, it's going to result in a loss. And so you got to make sure that he is a non-factor. And here's what I would give the Tennessee Titans credit for. They will stick with them. They don't care how slow it starts. They don't care what it looks like early in the game. Derrick Henry is going to finish the game with 30-plus touches, and most of those are going to be on the ground. The thing that is scary now is that they're using him in the screen game and kind of dropping it to him. So now you have this – I mean, almost like an offensive tackle running the ball in space with a bunch of little bodies, and he's violent and he's angry and he's throwing people off. And I mean, it like one of those movies, man. Was it King Kong versus Godzilla? He's just swatting helicopters and all this around. I mean, this is this is not a this is not a pretty sight. Look, I'm glad that the 22 with B Brooks on the back is no longer participating in this because I, I I don't want any parts of Derrick Henry in the open field. Look out, Tokyo! Yes, Here comes Derrick Henry. Hey, JP. You guys remember the old cartoons where they would have the big guy and there'd be like eight little guys playing football and they'd all be chasing, they'd all be bouncing around, there'd be all this dust flying around, yeah. and then the guy at the very end would touch the ball down. That's what Derrick Henry reminds me of, the giant playing against boys sometimes. I mean, it's unbelievable, man. 
the rest. That was in the 70s, JP, before your time. It, it was before <laughs> my time. In fact, uh, it was not before Urban Meyer's time. The Jaguars head coach has seen Derrick Henry firsthand before in a previous role. I actually coached against him in uh, one of those bowl games. Uh, he is a monster. He's uh, one of the best combinations in size and speed. You know, he starts – everybody says it. You know, I remember I was with – Trent, we're watching video, and we can't let him get started. That's much easier to say, and I, I think uh, I'm sure Derek would say that. I'm not really ready to interviews, but their offense line is really good, and uh, their scheme is really good. So um, that's this is a really good offensive team led by one of the best players in the NFL. So it's priority number one for the Jaguars, slow down Derek Henry. We're going to come back in a moment, and we'll hear from Trevor Lawrence. We'll get to some social media questions and plenty more ahead. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. We're focused. Like, that hasn't changed. Um, when we get out there, it's, it's time to work. The meetings have been great. Communication's been really good. Obviously, we're coming off a tough one in Cincinnati. Again, we felt like we should have won, that we had. You know, we were in it the whole game and um, <clears throat> just got to get better at, at finishing. And that's where, you know, we're looking to make an improvement this week. And I feel like every week we've gotten better. So just excited to put another full game together and, and go finish it. That's Trevor Lawrence today. And welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, JP Shadrick, John Osier. Glad you're along with us on this Wednesday afternoon. It's week five. The Jaguars are turning the page, trying to, to face the Tennessee Titans at TIA Bank Field, a one o'clock kickoff time this Sunday. The Jaguars trying to snap a four game skid to start the season, 19 in a row now. And uh, that goes back to week two of the 2020 campaign. The offense had their moments last week, Bucky, where. Trevor made some big throws. They had the running game going early. They had a really big, big drive, I thought, in the third quarter when the game got tied up 14-14. All the momentum's going Cincinnati's way, and they marched down the field 11 plays and get it in the end zone and regain the lead. John, you said it this morning on a, on a show we had. Uh, I don't remember many drives like that around here over the last 10 years or so that, that I've been around here. Going to answer when things aren't going well. That was a big moment for this offense. We need a little bit more of that, Bucky. Yeah, we absolutely need more of that. Um, there are a lot of good things to take out of the Thursday night effort against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the number one thing, I felt like Trevor was very, very comfortable in what he was doing. I felt like the coaching staff met him halfway. Did some things that he used to do in college that allowed him to really settle into his comfort zone. Uh, we saw him run a little bit more. We saw him do some zone read stuff. Uh, we saw the quick game in terms of the screens and quicks and ball getting out of his hands. And then we saw him make a couple big-time throws where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's why he's the number one overall pick. But the second thing that they did is they ran the football and they were committed to running the ball. James Robinson uh, continues to improve more touches, more yards. More yards means more impact. Got in the end zone twice. And because the offense was rolling, it was rolling using a balanced approach, took a lot of pressure off of Trevor Lawrence. And then defensively, early in the game, they did a good job of controlling the Cincinnati Bengals, stopping the run game and that stuff. But then Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow started playing chess and we were playing checkers and we didn't have an answer to the empty formation and some of the heavy formations that they threw at us. And once they found that, man, we just couldn't figure out the best way to deal with it. And so 
that's where the game kind of fell apart for us. Two weeks in a row, John, that's happened. Second half, uh, unable to maintain a lead. Well, I know there's more to it than this. Bucky's the X and O's guy. I just sort of see it and hope that I'm right and hope that Bucky's not embarrassed to be on the same show with him. <laughs> but it, it, uh, it looked to me in the last couple of games like a offensive team with pretty big-time talent at some crucial spots went into halftime and figured out, okay, we've done this, we've done this, but here's where we can beat this team. Here's where maybe their talent or their experience isn't quite there yet. Uh, Joe Burrow clearly came out in the second half, picked on Tyson Campbell, who has struggled with deep passes, and that sort of changed the momentum of the game. So uh, was it the fact that – or was it a case of uh, Joe Cullen not being able to counter it? Or is it more a case where the Jaguars players right now, maybe they're not right at the level of the receivers they're covering? I, I don't know. That's what it looked like to me. So – those guys have to step up and make that play once they're identified as being the point they're going to attack. So far, they haven't done that in the second half. No, they haven't done it. And I think, uh, Johnny, bring up a couple of good points. Uh, the first one, uh, teams are going into halftime. They're coming out with some adjustments. And Joe Cullen and the staff have been slow to kind of come up with answers and solutions to those problems. The second thing is there has been a case of, hey, let's play uh, – Marco Polo, Marco Polo or Waldo or whatever game you want to say, and they're trying to find a weak link. And in the last couple of games, when it's come down to throwing the ball, particularly throwing it down the field, Tyson Campbell has been the weak link. And so the young guy has to figure out how to play the ball in the air. He has to figure out how to hug up on his man and how to make some of the plays on these balls that are going to continue to head his way until he's able to win some of these downs. And so he has to punish the quarterbacks for continuing to throw the ball on his side of the field if he never gives them a reason to not throw it, to discourage them from throwing over there, they're going to continue to do it over and over and over again until he wilts under the pressure. Hey, JP. Yes. I think you know that I probably have a question for the former player this time. I can't wait. the position. Can't wait. Uh, (laughs) And again, I am not trying to pick on Tyson Campbell here because he has ability. And except for these long plays, he has made some plays early in games that are impressive. He's broken up passes, but Bucky, clearly the ball in the air stuff is, is something that has followed him. As a former player, you know, what do you do? Is that a thing you can fix? It, you know, ball in the air is pretty key for a defensive back. Yeah, it's very key. Uh, what's the minor league baseball team uh, to say is the Jacksonville Sun? What's that? Uh, shrimp. Come on. It's now the jumbo shrimp, shrimp. but yeah, yeah. The, oh, the jumbo shrimp. That's right. All right, so one of the things that I would do, we can't do this now, but in the offseason, I would have Tyson Campbell go shag fly balls with some of the guys over there because it appears to me that he has a depth perception problem when it comes to judging the ball. Normally, what I would look for, former player, scout, in the secondary, I would like to have a bunch of guys that have played baseball before because they can pick up the flight of the ball. And because you're a defensive back, a lot of times you're going to find it late. So it's different when you're playing wide receiver, you never played it before. Some guys who are uncertain with the ball skills, they want to see it leave the quarterback's hands. Well, that's not the reality in the, in the league. When you're down the field and you're playing one-on-one with the receiver and you're locked in man coverage and then you hear the ball call from your teammates, when you look up, you're looking up to catch it coming down. And so a lot of these quarterbacks, namely, I think if you remember, remember David Garrod, uh, Jeff Blake, 
uh, Russell Wilson, they do this. They throw that moon ball yeah. up high. Really high. Part of the rationale behind throwing the moon ball is because DBs can't judge the ball. And so it's advantageous to the wide receivers because they're used to pick, catching those balls to throw it high because, as you see it, we all st- stammer and stagger around like drunkards trying to figure out the ball and we can't find it. And so that's one of the things. So I would get them on the baseball diamond. I would try and teach them how to catch some fly balls. I would also teach him how to lean his body into the man because sometimes what happens, he's in great position, but when he looks up for the ball, he loses contact with the man. And so a lot of these things that, look, they're coachable, they're correctable. He just needs to have time to do it. And unfortunately, as a rookie, he doesn't have enough experience to develop the expertise to play on the island. Wow. Hey, JP, I played a little baseball. I played left out. Would that qualify? <laughs> that that <laughs> does not qualify. <laughs> that does not qualify. I mean, you know, J.O., like if you can go out there and snag a fly ball or two, and maybe I hit you a ground ball or two and just kind of see if you have some of that dexterity, maybe. You never know. There's always a spot. And now with the expanded practice squad, maybe That's we can find a spot for you. My little league coaches did not want me in the ball game. I'll just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we need you to hold Looking down back. the – Hold down the bench over there, Mr. Osher. Uh, we're back in a moment. We'll wrap it up with some social media questions. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osher. The Jags and the Titans coming up Sunday. A busy week at Daly's Place. Also, the schedule uh, tonight, NF. A couple of nights from now, Zach Brown Band. That's Friday night. Alice Cooper, Saturday night. Might have to hit that one up. Pitbull, October 12th. Three doors down, October 14th. Tickets at dailysplace.com. Favorite Alice Cooper song, John? Go. 18. That, that, that's all you're going to sing? I thought you were going to give us more than just one word. <laughs> what in the world, Bucky, is that? I mean, I don't know. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Uh, I appreciate you, uh, Osher, for putting that out there because if I was hard-pressed to have to pick a song, I, I would be without it. I would have to kind of defer to JP. Well, now you know. Now you know. That's the song. Um, so, well, next time you're in town, Bucky, we've got to go check out a show at Daly's Place. Uh, let's get to some social media questions. We uh, put out the bat signal today, and here's what we came up with from Ad Avanoff Joel. Do you see this matchup as a confidence booster for the secondary? We're giving up more than 300 yards per game, and the D doesn't look like they can stop a paper bag on a windy day. Hopefully the next two games we can <laughs> regain momentum and turn this thing around. Wow. Aggressive. Very, very. Um, I don't know if this is a turnaround game for us. I mean, like, if, I mean, the guys on the, on the other side are pretty good. Um, I think this could be a, a, a one that is um, a mo- momentum builder. If we play well, we play great defense, we do a good job of uh, stopping what we talk about, stopping uh, Derrick Henry, and then the passing game, it could be good. But I, I wouldn't say this is a get-right game. There, there are many opponents that I would pick. The Titans aren't one to say, hey, we're going to get right. <laughs> First place team in the division. No, yeah, I think you're right on that one. Uh, anything on on this one, John? Or no? Well, I mean, if I think a lot depends. Julio Jones and AJ Brown are 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 dealing with hamstring injuries. Uh, that can take you right up till game time. It's it's 
maybe the injury for a wide receiver that you can start the game and then clearly not be 100 percent if you're in it. You know, if 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 Julio and AJ are both 100 percent, I think it's a get scary game. If if they're not 100 percent, then, yeah, if you stop Derrick Henry, then all of a sudden, you know, Tanny Hill's throwing to wide receivers that you didn't expect to be thrown to before the season. So I think I'm usually not a get on here and talk about injuries during the week. That's not I don't think that dictates sometimes as much as people think it will. In this case, with those two guys, boy, that's something to watch this week. That's a big-time storyline. Yeah, the uh, injury report just came out a little while ago. By the way, the, the Jags have four players listed on the injury report, right? One full, one limited, two did not practice. The Titans have two full, 11 players were limited, eight players did not practice today. Uh, that's well, Vrabel used to play in New England. That's <laughs> Right. So that's what that is, the 35-person some... injury report. There's some of that. Julio Jones <laughs> did not practice today, though, with that hamstring injury. A.J. Brown was limited in practice today. Those are the uh, injuries. Let's go to uh, question number two, social media questions today. At GJK underscore 298, obviously our defensive focus is on containing Henry, but as for our offense, what areas of the Titans' defense should we capitalize on, and what's the best plan of attack against them? Look, I, I think it's the same way um, that the Jaguars played against the Cincinnati Bengals. Regardless of what you want to do uh, against the Titans, you have to look at your own personnel. I think this has to be one that is Trevor-friendly. You need to be able to run the football with James Robinson. But they are vulnerable in the secondary. They've had a tough time slowing down passing attacks. We have seen guys have big days. Zach Wilson is coming off a big day where he almost had 300 yards. Uh, until they show that they can stop the pass, they can defend the pass. I think you still have to test it, but you still want to make sure that this game is under control and Trevor's not having to throw it 40 plus times. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I know Bucky's expecting me to give you the. Yeah. Throw, throw, throw. Always. But I, Always. Right now, though, I I can't be that guy. I love being that guy. But with DJ Chark out to me, Chenault, Jones, whoever steps into that third role, they've got to prove to me that they're a wide receiver core that can be a throw it all over the field team i i'm not saying they can't be that but chenault had 99 yards it's a career high until they show that they can sort of produce and have a bunch of guys get into that 9500 range a couple weeks in a row down with bucky you got to emphasize uh, james robinson and hope that you can be balanced offensively Urban was uh, They're big. Not there yet. Yeah, right. Urban was big on Chenault today, by the way, and uh, praised yeah. his his development under Sanjay Law and all that. Let's finish a up really with good first step last week for him, JP. A really good first step. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, and uh, had a, a good day at the office. Our final question from at Chris Rett too. Why didn't we push for Gilmore? Shake my head. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, here's the thing about Gilmore. I think right now Gilmore's reputation probably exceeds what is performance and production is and I know it's crazy to say that a guy who was a 2019 defensive player of the year is no longer at that level but he's not Uh, you're talking about a 31 year old player you're talking about someone who in New England and here's what the New England Patriots typically do they are a team that plays a lot of man-to-man coverage they have all the GPS and tracking systems and those things and when you play as much man as they play you're not only playing it in games you're doing it the entire offseason the summer training camp and all of those things. And so what happens is um, you lose a little bit of that athleticism 
tired legs and all of that other stuff. And I don't think Gilmore is the same player that he was. And for someone who wasn't necessarily, I would call it A plus athlete, he is now probably at a B minus C plus level. And I don't know for what you eventually are going to want have to pay him. I don't know if he his production and performance is going to match the level of compensation. There you have it. Yeah, JP, this kind of plays in, you know, what Bucky said, but I thought when I saw it, hey, it, if the Jaguars were maybe 4-0, is that 0-4, and you thought that you were getting him for a season, maybe two, then maybe. Uh, but if you're doing this, you probably want to you, – you're hoping with this team, the Jag, to get guys who are going to be a part of it for a few years. At 31, even before hearing what Bucky said, at 31, I'm like, yeah, by the time they're 32, maybe not. But if he's slow to step at all, then as an 0-4 team to go after a veteran, uh, it's it's a tough ask when you're trying to build this thing for the long term. All right, those are our social media questions for the day, and that'll do it for our program. Bucky, what's, what's happening the rest of the week with you? Hey, man, we got a big Thursday night game on Amazon. Amazon Prime, DJ, Daniel Jeremiah, Joy Taylor, and myself, we're going to cover the game on scout speed. And so we get a chance to look at the Seahawks and the Rams. Should be a great one. Yeah, Seahawks-Rams, that's a heck of a division right now, too. I, I guess the uh, the run-through last week during the Jags game went pretty well? Uh, it did go pretty well until we decided to uh, go for it on fourth down and goal in, in the first half when we should have kicked the field goal. But under that, it was good. I was positive. Okay, the broadcast was good. That's all you can control. Um, Johnny, what you got coming up the rest of the week? Well, not – I mean – my week's just like yours, JP. Wednesdays are the peak, and then I wait for the next Bucky Brooks show. So yeah, I'm, just, I'm just waiting until next week at this point. Everything else is a blur. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> um, that'll do it. Bucky, we'll talk to you uh, over the weekend here. Uh, we do. Bucky Brooks Bucky out of here. See you guys. Uh, John Osier's out of here. Uh, thanks to our entire crew, Brent Reber, Trent Padilla, uh, for everyone, this is J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for watching. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on a Wednesday on the Jaguars Digital Network.